0: Welcome to Proven Improbable. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Joining us for a conversation is Dan Weir. He is the executive chairman of d Metals, which is establishing itself to become one of the world's leading graphite producers. Mr. Weir, welcome to the show, sir.
1: Good morning, Maurice.
0: Dan, glad to have you back on the show. We have some important topics to address today for current and prospective shareholders regarding Cougar Metals and production. Before we begin, for first-time listeners, what is graphite, where is it used, what are the global supply and demand fundamentals, and what is the unique value proposition that d Metals presents to the market?
1: Uh, thanks for asking that question, Maurice. It's good, and, and it's good to give people kind of an update on our view of the graphite situation around the world. Um, I consistently talk to a lot of people in the industry Um, And here's kind of our view. Now, our view is going to be very different than many other graphite projects in the world. Um, But I like to, to inform people about what's going on in the world, specifically in the graphite space, because everybody starts jumping up and down and talking about batteries and excitement and everything else. That is very important in the graphite space. But I think I want to explain some other fundamentals that are really happening out out here in the market. So, let's go back, and, and I'm going to give you a little bit of history lesson about what we have done uh, here at DNI, and what our game plan is going forward um, in the graphite space, and why we think we can be one of the leaders in the world in the graphite space. So. In 2015, we came in and took over DNI metals. It was basically a shell. It had a very large uh, polymetallic deposit up in Alberta. Um, the capex on that was 3.9 billion dollars. Um, it didn't make a lot of sense. The previous management knew that they couldn't raise the money to do anything. and we came in and took over DNI. DNI' has been around since about 1954 um, and has been public for many of those years. Um, and uh, I'm very lucky now to be the CEO and chairman of the company. The reason why we came in uh, to DNI was again to refocus the company and focus on graphite. Our group, um, which includes some of our directors and other people that we work with, have done a lot of work in the graphite space. Um, built graphite mines in both Canada, Australia, Sri Lanka. One of our directors operated mines in Sri Lanka and and Canada as well. We know and understand the graphite space. We knew that in order to take advantage of the graphite space, in order to be a producer and be profitable in the graphite space, that you had to go look for deposits that are in this weathered type material called uh, saprolite or laterite, okay? You find it in climates that are hot and have lots of rainfall. We first of all went to Brazil, searched around Brazil for the right deposit. um, I'll put right in quotation market. Um, We tried to buy a couple deposits there. Um, We realized Brazil is a very difficult place to do business. It's extremely bureaucratic. What was exciting about Brazil was the fact that they are the second largest producer in the world behind China. And I'm going to come back to China in a minute um, and have a few further discussions about China. So we decided to go from Brazil and look to other places that had that same type of saprolitic type material. Madagascar had been producing graphite for over 100 years certain parts of graphi- uh, sorry certain parts of Madagascar and I want to en- emphasize that the area in which we are 50 kilometers from the port is an area that's fairly close to the ocean there is a ridge that runs along the east coast of Madagascar it's like a mountain range close to an ocean so think of Vancouver where the winds come in off the ocean they climb up a plateau or up a mountain and they drop a lot of rainfall in a certain area. That's what we have in Madagascar. So we're very fortunate to have that. In and around us, there is uh, a company called Mbatavi. Uh, It is owned by Sherit, a nickel producer in Canada. Um, Sumutomo, a very large Japanese firm, and a Korean firm called Kerez. I think recently Kerez changed its name. I'm not sure what they call themselves these days. They spent $8 billion in our area developing a nickel um, uh, cobalt deposit in these laterites or this weathered type material. The advantage of this weathered material is you can go in with an excavator, dig it up and process it. Your costs are significantly lower as compared to hard rock deposits that you find in China and specifically Canada, uh, Germany, Sweden, other places in the world uh, that would have these hard rock type deposits so it's it's critical that people understand that's why we've gone to Madagascar we know that the costs for production are lower than you're going to find in most other places in the world so that's why we've gone there now let's talk about go back to your question uh, um, Maurice uh, where you asked about what's going on in the markets and what is our perception of of demand for for graphite so graphite we all know graphite's in pencils we all know that graphite is uh, can, is a great lubricant we put it on our bicycle chains uh it's one of the best for that what most people don't understand is that 50 percent of the world's graphite is used in the steel making industry it is a very high heat tolerance and you can line all the crucibles or all the molds uh, to produce uh, steel out of um, the other area that is growing is what the lithium ion battery area up to 30% of a lithium ion battery uh, is made of graphite so by comparison everybody starts talking about nickel cobalt and lithium only 2% of a lithium ion battery is actually lithium so you can see here that one of the largest components of a lithium ion battery is graphite so You know, Audi's come out here recently talking about uh, new electric cars. In fact, I saw a commercial on TV last night. They've got a new uh, four-wheel drive SUV that's being launched. Porsche is doing the same thing. Um, Volvo's talking by 2019 or 2020 that they'll be all electric. GM has multiple models coming out. The world is becoming more and more interested let's say or there's a bigger demand for electric vehicles in the world and a lot of that revolves around the battery um, and demand for the battery kind of put it in perspective in a tesla the the larger size tesla there can be 100 to 200 kilograms of graphite in every one of those teslas so we know that's where the growth demand is in the world so let's go back and focus on dni and what we see as as the big advantage as we go forward. I mentioned that China is a big producer of graphite. They produce 60 to 70% of the world's graphite. That demand in China is growing exponentially. They will produce, again, this is my prediction and, and a lot of the stuff that I've read out here and research that we've done, that they will produce a majority of the lithium ion batteries going forward in the world. They are throwing billions of dollars at research, not only in batteries, but also electric cars. They are the leaders in the world right now in electric cars. um, And I can't see that changing anytime soon. Graphite, when it's mined out of the ground, it has to be upgraded and processed. There's a four-step process. It includes um, refining it or purifying the material it involves shaping the material or curling it into a ball. Uh, another term they use for that is spiritization The next thing that they do is they coat it. Um, a lot of the coating technology is done in Japan. So it comes out of the ground. We sell it to somebody who is going to do some of the upgrading um, there's not many groups in the world that do all of those four steps, purification, micronization, uh, spiritization, and coating. It tends to be different companies or different countries doing different things to the graphite before it actually goes into a lithium-ion battery. I want to emphasize this. Currently in the world, over 99%, or even maybe even closer to 100%, of the spiritization or shaping of the graphite is currently done in China, okay? So here's our view. A lot of the Chinese graphite is going to go to the lithium ion battery, okay? I've been to Korea, um, I've met with different groups in Korea and different places in the world. There are groups in Korea that want to do some of the spheritization as well, Japan, and Korea currently do over 50% of the coating. So they'll buy the spiritized graphite. They'll do the coating themselves. They want to do some of the spiritization. But again, China still is doing a majority of that. Our belief that it'll be in the lithium-ion battery, that most of it, the graphite, will come from China that will be used in a lithium-ion battery. Why is that significant? And why is that a huge opportunity for DNI. If most of the graphite now is then going to the lithium-ion battery, the Chinese graphite, where traditionally it was sold to the different steel companies around the world, that leaves a deficit that the steel companies now start scrambling trying to get material from other places. okay? Madagascar. Now, I could work on and try and get deals, and sell all of our material, grind it all up, this large flake, high-quality material that we will produce, grind it all up, and sell it to the battery industry, okay? Now, why am I not focusing on that? And that is a big question that everybody asks me. It's because the material that's sold to go into the battery industry is probably sold for 500 to maybe $750 a ton, depending on the purity of it. Now, I would m- rather sell material for 1200 1300 or even the large flake that can sell up as much as $1,800 a ton to other industries, whether it's lubricants, whether it's the steelmaking industry, whether it's different areas making foils that need the large flake graphite. You can see here where I'm so excited about the battery industry because... I know the Chinese material is going into the batteries and it opens up a big void that we can fill and we can sell material at much higher prices, mostly because our quality of our material is, I believe far superior than the Chinese and, um, and, and we can fill that void at much higher prices. So yes, I'm totally excited about the battery industry, but I want people to understand that that's not my focus. My focus is to sell material at much higher prices to other people around the world. Maurice, did that kind of answer the question? I know I was very long winded on that, but does that give you some insight to, to what we perceive and where the markets are that we want to sell to?
0: It was a very clear definition, sir. And I want to add on to that if you would. So you're selling the material. Talk to us about offtake agreements. And for someone who's not familiar with that, what is an offtake agreement?
1: So an offtake agreement is, okay, so let, let's look at the, the graphite uh, industry too because uh, there's a lot of misnomers about that as well. If you're a gold producer, zinc, copper, nickel, there is um, exchanges that you can sell that material into. So you've got the LME, the London Metals Exchange, or into China, different places. There is quoted prices on that material every single day, you can sell into that. You know, everybody. I think every day, every day looks at what the gold price is. You know, it, it's right around the eighteen hundred. I think yesterday was up a $1. dollar. It's eighteen oh four or eighteen oh five yesterday. So everybody looks at that and they know that the gold producers can sell any day into that market and get that price. Graphite is not sold that way. Industrial minerals are not sold that way. The whole key to selling graphite is being able to have customers and sell to those customers. It takes some time to get those customers. They will want a one kilogram sample, they'll want a one ton sample, and then they'll likely want a 20 ton sample, which is a 20 foot container full of graphite so that they can do the testing on their machines to fit your material. the good So good and bad, that can take some time to get those customers, <clears throat> but once you have those customers, they tend to be long life customers. They're gonna modify their machinery to fit your material, and if you continue to supply that material on a consistent basis, then they will buy it from you. Also, very, very critical to understand that there are hundreds of different types of material that we will sell. It's sold by flake size and the purity of the material, but then they also look at things like the ash content. They'll look at what other sorts of other impurities are in your material. Um, and that can change. Um, you know, We've seen it on our Voitsera property where one zone can be quite a bit different than another zone. We've seen the same thing over on the Marifudi property where the materials can be the same in certain zones and it can be quite a bit different uh, within certain zones or within certain veins uh, that we find these in. So it's very important to understand. I have been to Brazil. I've been to the largest processing plant in the world. They produce about 40,000 tons uh, a year. And they have about nine small mines that they pull material in from and they mix and match depending on what the customer wants. It's very, very important to understand that, that graphite isn't all about just um, uh, getting an offtake, as you said, and I'll explain what an offtake is here in a minute, and selling the product because you have hundreds of different products and that product has got to be qualified by the end user. So. Back to what an offtake is. You will have many groups or companies around the world looking for material. They want specific material. If you can supply that specific material to them, they'll say, okay, we're gonna give you an offtake agreement. We'll buy X amount of tons per year from you if you can supply that material. It's basically like a long-term contract if you wanna think of it uh, that way. Um, So that's what everybody's looking for. Everybody wants to see investors want to see that you have offtake and that you um, have customers as you're putting the money into building plants and and moving forward. So we understand that we have been working very hard at different offtakes over time. And you will see, uh, you know, we have signed a, a few. Um, uh, um customer agreements. And I think over time here, you'll see a lot of offtakes uh, come out of us as well. But again, I, I emphasize it takes time and it takes a lot of work and you need material uh, to be able to uh, supply to those uh, customers uh, in order to do that. Hence the reason why we're building this pilot plant uh, so that we know that we can supply the material whether it's 20 tons, 40 tons, hundreds of tons, uh, for testing and get these long-term contracts. It's very important to be able to do that. At the same time, you're selling the material to them and making a little bit of money as as you're doing that.
0: All right, we've covered the graphite fundamentals. Let's get to company specifics. What can you share with us regarding the arbitration involving d metals and Cougar metals?
1: So I have to be very careful what I say here. Uh, We have signed confidentiality agreements that we won't talk uh, about uh, each other's companies uh, that we won't go out and do postings and stuff and talk about, uh, uh, again, about the arbitration or anything else. What I'm going to do is, um, you know, I can talk about what has been publicly released. So I think what I'll do is any information that I give here, uh, will be uh, information that you can find in press releases either from DNI or what Cougar has press released. Okay? So let's start a little bit on what we did with Cougar and the settlement with Cougar so that we can move on. okay? I think most of our investors know that we signed an agreement in March of 2017. Uh, with Cougar Metals out of uh, Australia. Uh, They're publicly listed in on the Australian Stock Exchange, where Cougar had the ability to earn into one of our properties, uh, the Voitsera graphite deposit uh, in Madagascar. Um, they had certain criteria that they had to meet to earn into, into that. Uh, part of that was... Uh, completing a drilling um, contract, uh, completing a resource study, and a PEA. We at DNI gave them extensions uh, to, to do so, and um, the timeframes weren't met. So, what we did is um, we put them in default of the contract. They argued that, and over the last, uh, call it nine and a half, ten months, Uh, We have been working towards going to an arbitration hearing where an arbitrator would hear each other's side of the story and um, make a decision on that uh, and and award either to D&I or to Cougar the outcome of that arbitration. That hearing, and again, this is public, uh, uh, was to take place this week, September 24th through the 28th. After that, um, the uh, uh, the arbitrator would make a decision. We don't know how long that decision would have taken. It could have taken weeks, but in all likelihood, it was going to take multiple months in order to get a decision out of the arbitrator. DNI uh, uh, within that arbitration, uh, we looked at all the good, the bad, what what advantages DNI had to complete the arbitration or was it better to settle this arbitration and just move forward with our business? Uh, Myself uh, being on the board and the board of directors took all of that information um, uh, that we could get from our lawyers. And we had an expert team of lawyers that gave us advice on all of this and we were able to negotiate with Cougar a settlement. The terms we put in the press release, uh, that we, um, announced on Monday evening of the, of this week. And the terms are set up that it's paid over about two and a half years. Um, we plan to have the pilot plan up and running, um, you know, hopefully within, uh, uh, uh you know, very, very soon, um, and it's not going to hinder D&I so that we can pay, hopefully pay a lot of that uh, out of the the cash flow. Again, that's all on the premise that the pilot plan is up and running and going uh, going forward. I'm using my I'm, I'm keeping my lawyers happy by throwing that in there uh, as we go forward. So our plan is get the pilot plan up and running. There is no other hindrances uh, on the project um, and we can move forward. The last thing that we've always talked about um, are the permits. We are working on the permits, the environmental permits. The environmental permits should be completed very quickly here now and we'll be moving forward, um, getting into production uh, and moving forward with the project. So. That's really all I wanna say about Cougar. I don't know if you have another question, uh, Maurice, on that. Again, I want to be very, very careful in in what I say um, about that. Again, just to summarize, we've reached an agreement. DNI is moving forward with the project. This takes uncertainty out of our stock. Shareholders do not like uncertainty in a stock. We've taken that uncertainty out of the stock. And we've done it in a way that we believe won't hinder the operations of uh, d So if anybody wants to talk more about that, you can always get a hold of me and we can have further discussions about that.
0: All right. Well, Dan, let me ask you a couple more questions here. So you've addressed uh, production and the environmental permit. In the meantime, what will D&I be working on?
1: So as you said, um, there's a... Uh, number of business things that we will be working on there are a number of announcements that we plan to make uh, over the next little while um, I know I'm being a bit of a politician and not directly answering your question um, there are many things happening within the company um, and uh, I think everybody's gonna be happy as we move forward um, uh, with with this company I'm extremely excited I have told everybody many, many times, I am going to get this into production. I believe that it's one of the best graphite deposits in the world. You know, last week, uh, I had one of our uh, investment bankers and his wife uh, with us uh, to Madagascar. We also brought one of our directors, Keith Minty, a mining engineer. He's the guy that's operated mines in, uh, in Canada and Sri Lanka. We had our process engineer, the guy that's designed the pilot plant. He came with us uh, last week as well. He was very excited about the project. He's blown away that we're 50 kilometers to a port, um, that we have some of the roads that are put into the property. Um, the, the material, as he said, and I think I can quote him on this, uh, at surface, he saw where we took the bulk samples, that it looks fantastic seeing these large flakes at surface and everything else. um, He doesn't see any issues with us moving forward um, and getting this done. So as I've said before, this plant is engineered, it's designed, we have quotes out of China to build all of the machinery. We're ready to go, Um, we're just, once we get these permits, we're set, we're ready to go and we're very excited to move this thing forward. Um, and especially I am. Uh, I love being there. I love working with all the locals. Um, and and actually, there's another point here I want to make is is that we were on the property. We met with all the locals. Our investment banker saw all of them. Um, you know, the local presidents, you know, I met with them, shook their hands. Um, they're eager to get going and seeing development happen on this property as well. And, you know, <laughs> you know, everybody kept saying that we have all these issues with locals and everything else. You know, it, we did not have any resistance when we were out there on the project. Um, people are happy and they want to see this developed. They're looking for jobs and they want to move forward.
0: You know, you, you referenced uh, engineering there. Keith Minty, for those that are not familiar with the name, that is a name that you want to follow as one of the seriously successful members in the natural resource space. Wherever Keith goes, you're, you're bound to find success. So uh, shout out there to Mr. Keith Minty. Dan, what keeps you up at night that we don't know about?
1: Capital markets are always the toughest thing when you're running a junior mining company. Uh, you know, I worked for some uh, of the best, I think, brokerage firms in Canada for 12, 13 years. Uh, I was a stockbroker. I managed an institutional equity sales desk. You know, companies, the toughest thing is making sure you have the right amount of capital uh, and getting that capital as you move forward. Um, One of the reasons why we picked Madagascar is for its low capex um, because – we can get up we can get this pilot plant running we can start making some cash flow from that pilot plant remember the main purpose of the pilot plant is to provide samples and sell samples to potential customers but at the same time we're going to be selling that material and selling it at a profit so so that is key in in what we're doing but you've got to make sure that uh that your capital that you're raising um is low enough that it makes it makes it so that you can be profitable as you're moving forward. Um, some of the biggest problems you see, especially in the graphite area, is that guys try and make these massive projects, you know, 50,000, 70,000 tons a year that they want to start at. You're not going to get the customers as you do that. You've got to grow with the customers. So if you can have a low capex, build your customer base, grow um, a lot of your business, partially from cash flow, maybe from capital uh, infusions, from off-take people or other groups, you have a winning strategy to make this go forward. So again, it's always the biggest concern is, what are the markets doing? Do people care about graphite? Um, can you raise the money? That's always the toughest part in any of this. I think the way we have moved this forward and our strategy moving forward and the people that we have in place to make this all happen, I think we have a winning combination uh, and have an opportunity here to to not only get into production, but be a, a leader potentially uh, in the future in the graphite space.
0: And last question, what did I forget to ask?
1: I'm not sure. Um uh, Maurice, you've been to the property, uh, you've met the people that we're working with uh, at the property, you've met our mining engineer, Keith Minty, as you said, um, you know, I think you've checked a lot of the boxes. Um, you've been there again, firsthand and seen how amazing this is. You have felt that graphite in your hand. You have, you have seen how important it is to have this saprolytic type deposits uh, and how much cheaper the production can be from the saprolite versus the hard rock deposits that you find in North America. So, I, I, you know what? I don't think there's much else that you can ask at
0: this point in time. You know, I've actually been there twice, Dan, if you don't recall. But uh, I also, to my immediate left, I have the graphite from the first site visit. Uh, and, and everything that you've shared regarding d and uh, we are proud shareholders and we look forward to growing with the company. Dan, if investors want to get more information about DNI Metals, please share the contact details.
1: Yes, you can always get a hold of me. Uh uh email is probably the best. Um, I have been traveling a lot back and forth to Madagascar recently. It's danweir at dnimetals.com. That's Weir at dnimetals.com. Or you can get a hold of me on my cell phone at 416-720-0754. That's 416 416- 7200754
0: And as a reminder for our audience, DNI Metals trades on the CSE symbol DNI and on the OTC symbol DMNKF. DNI Metals is a sponsor of Proven Improbable and that we are proud shareholders of DNI Metals for the virtues conveyed in today's message. And last but not least, please visit our website provenimprobable.com. Where we interview the most respected names in the natural resource space. You may reach us at contact at provenimprobable.com. Dan Weir of D&I Metals. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable.
1: Thank you, Maurice.
0: All the best to you, sir. And you. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only